Wrestle Buddies GameSpot's wrestling podcast about wrestling, friendship, and wrestling with friendship. I'm GameSpot News Entertainment Editor Matt Elfring, and joining me is my bestest wrestle buddy, GameSpot Entertainment Editor Chris Hayner. Chris, how are you? Matt, hello, my friend. I'm Hi. wonderful. Would you like to know why I'm wonderful? Why are you wonderful, Chris? Because uh, right now, for me, it's about 8.30 p.m. For you, it's about 10.30 uh-huh. p.m., and you know what that makes this, right? It's... Wrestle Buddies After Dark. It's Wrestle Buddies After Dark. Wrestle Buddies After, after dark. dark. Hear my dulcet tones, which one reviewer called dulcet. Oh. One reviewer. One whole reviewer, huh? One reviewer said Matt Elfrain's got some dulcet tones. You know what? You... Wrestle oh. Buddies After Dark. Sorry, I was just trying to... They've got that sexy music playing in the background right now, and I just... It's Wrestle Buddies after dark. Wow, wow. <laughs> No, like real music that I'm going to get from a website later on. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I, I, I highly suggest you all go join that one reviewer and uh, yeah. rate and review us on your Apple Podcasting app. Even if you're not on the Apple Podcasting app, we don't care too much. Just go on there and tell us how much you love us and or hate us. And then That's right, Chris. Go there, rate and review. I'm closing my eyes while I talk. I think you can see it, Chris. Uh-huh, I can. Oh, boy. It's... It's 10.30. My wife and kid are asleep. It's time to talk about sexy things in wrestling. Chris, what's on the menu today? Something sexy? Sexiest episode ever. All right. Um, Because, Matt, we're going to talk about WWE Studios, the movie company. Ooh, those are those movies you see on Cinemax at 2 a.m., right? Yeah, or the one of them that's on HBO Max. (laughs) <laughs> what? That's right. And once on Netflix. That's right. Uh, we're going to... I have to stop talking like this. And the <laughs> podcast is going to go off the rails. We're talking about WWE Studios. We're each going to give our top five WWE Studios releases. I know what you're thinking. There are so many wonderful WWE Studios movies from The Marine to The Marine 2 to The Marine 3. Oh, yeah. The Marine 4 and The Marine 5. And even Matt... I know you're with me on this. The Marine yeah. 6. It is a uh, movie. It is a movie. Uh, it might be on one of our top fives. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, WWE Studios has released roughly 17 million movies in the last five years. And we're going <laughs> to come up with our top five. It's, uh, if it's you been more than seen, five years, Chris. It's been like 20 years they've been doing movies. I know, but 17 million of them have been released in the last five years. Oh, in the five years, yeah. And yeah. they're all sequels to 12 rounds. Uh, we are going to go through our top five of those because we just can't help ourselves. Also, Matt and I love movies. And yeah, we spe- do. And bonus, we love movies that have wrestlers in them. So this mm-hmm. is kind of a tailor-made topic. Even us. even more of a bonus, my my friend for a long time uh, that I went to college with that we, we still keep in contact, mm. uh, he is the post-production manager on a lot of WWE Studios movies. Oh, have, I bet. I bet. I bet he's involved in some of the ones we're going to talk about. Uh, then, tonight, in the main event, uh, we have uh, an interview that Matt and I have been really excited to put together for a while, and it finally happened. Uh, we will be joined by Dot Gallows, The Machine Gun Carl Anderson, Impact Wrestling's The Good Brothers, who are here to talk about Impact, Bullet Club, their upcoming Talk and Shop of Mania pay-per-view, and all kinds of other things. Which, of course, means, yes, we're going to talk about Aces and Eights a little while. After dark. Yes, it'll be very after. At the rate this podcast is unfolding, it's going to be a long one. It's going to be very after dark. It might even be tomorrow morning. 
We've already done the uh, the interview, and I know I've got to cut some swearing out after dark. <laughs> but before all that, we're going to open up the show. Uh, last week, we had a question from GameSpot Discord user Jacob McCourt about Impact mm. Wrestling, uh, and it made Matt and I want to give Impact Wrestling a shot. So segment, segment one this week, Matt and Chris watched last week's episode of Impact, and we're going to talk about it. That was a sexy musical intro. All right, Matt, we, you, I just, I don't even know. We watched Impact last week. <laughs> it was the first episode after Slimeversary. Slimeversary had a number of big things that happened, uh, including several debuts and or returns. We saw the return, or we saw the tease of the return of EC3. Mm-hmm. We saw Eric Young came back. The Motor City yep. Machine Guns came back. Yep. Heath, don't call him Slater Miller, uh, showed up in Impact for the first time. Like there, And, of course, the aforementioned Good Brothers. Good Brothers. Who were, I think, just looking to get a beer somewhere. Yeah. If, I, if I've taken anything away from how the Good Brothers have been presented thus far in Impact, they're there to drink beer and fight. And honestly, I get it. I get it. It's, I don't, I don't get, I don't get that because I, I, I enjoy an occasional beer. I don't want to fight. I want to, you know, it's after dark. I'm going to, I'm keeping this bit going. Oh, I, I can tell it yeah. shows. I try. Uh, uh, so yeah, we, we sat down, we watched last week's impact. Uh, I don't know about you, Matt. I really dug it from top to bottom. Uh, I would say I also dug it to a point where I'm like, hey, I'm going to watch next week's. Exactly. It was like when we were were actually watching it at the same time, commenting back and forth to each other on Slack. And I believe at one point you said, it's just fun. It's just fun wrestling. And that's that encapsulated it so well. Like Impact, it was different enough from what WWE and AEW are putting out every week, especially in terms of like roster Uh, impact has its own roster that it's built up over the past few years. Mm -hmm. And now they've sort of, they're sort of injecting some name talent to bring in outside eyeballs and they've put together a really good show here. Here's the point that I made to you, Chris, that I would like to make to the world is uh, right now. There is the AEW WWE fake ratings war. Um, I'm sorry, AEW NXT fake ratings war where they I'm sorry. They, what you mean to say is AEW's fake ratings war with w, the WWE doesn't acknowledge because why would they? <laughs> and to get even more in depth, they both have the ratings of a C list CW show. So don't don't speak ill of the demo. God, Matt, that's a segment in itself is <laughs> the Wednesday night ratings were stupid. Um, but I what I liked is that. I felt like impacts not trying to prove something. They're like, Hey, we're impact. This is what our wrestling is. Take it or leave it, but not in a, like you better leave it type of way. It's just, it's wrestling. It's fun. As we've already mentioned, and it's not trying to, um, start a rivalry with another company, which I feel when you watch NXT or AEW, they're just trying to one up each other. It's not, there's no one upsmanship. I feel from watching Mm -hmm. this one episode of impact impact is just out there putting on a wrestling show and this, their first TV post slammiversary, I thought was really great. Uh, We see EC three's new character. Who's all about just like 
taking off his hood. Yeah, taking off his hood. He's very <laughs> serious now. He has a he has a character now, which uh, you cannot say that he had a character almost the in, practically the entire time he was in WWE. Um, so we get this new character. I will say, if he does not have his old theme song, I will throw a fit and I will start my Impact Wrestling boycott. Uh, uh, would you please? You've sang the theme song to me a few times. Please, please, just indulge me. It just goes. Uh, trouble, 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 and it goes, oh, trouble, 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 trouble. I kind of want to point something out right now that I'm thinking about it as like someone cynical listening to the show. It's like, oh, they're talking about how great impact is because they got the good brothers on. Here's the thing. This segment was going to be on the show before the Good Brothers got signed to this episode. Yeah, so. it's true. Uh, we we inter- Today is Monday. We interviewed the Good Brothers this morning. Uh, yeah. We decided at the end of last week's episode before we had even requested the Good Brothers, like we should do we should watch we should watch Impact and do a segment about it next week. And I and like there's no to me, there's no skin in the game of like if we like it. Cool. I mean, we don't typically talk about things we hate on this show too much. I mean, maybe a little bit of criticism here and there. Uh, I'm not going to devote a whole segment to crapping on something. Even our criticism is good natured. Like we all yeah. know Hulk Hogan's pasta mania was a terrible idea, but we but had pasta. so much fun talking about Hulk Hogan opening a pasta kiosk, like a friggin' cell phone kiosk at the mall of America. I just I do want to I feel like we do full disclosure need to point out like, hey, if I don't like impact, I'm not going to spend a segment talking about it. No. And honestly, not a perfect show. Like, no. th- like it wasn't perfect because uh, let, let's be real. No wrestling show is perfect. Uh, no. I'm looking I, I I put in in the rundown for the episode, Matt. I put notes about some of the things that, uh, that stood out to me uh, yeah. from this episode. Uh, the, the show did open up with Willie Mack versus Chris Bay. Uh, and I like forgot Willie Mack. Like I didn't know he was an impact. Same. Like I didn't, I had no idea he was an impact, let alone that he was the up until Slammiversary, the X division champion. Yeah. Uh, and Chris Bay, super young dude, but I really liked him. He was like, I don't know this kid. I don't. He's, He's so talented. Like 22 or 24. I, I just start following him on Twitter. I'm oh, cool. like, let's see what this kid's like. He just does flips and like, he's just athletic and he seems like really passionate. So, and honestly, like every wrestling promotion needs that person, the, the, the high flying sort of fast paced, uh, almost daredevil type of wrestler. Yeah. yeah. In AEW, it's most of them. <laughs> In AEW, it's everyone, but Wardlow. <laughs> it's everyone, but Chris Jericho, <laughs> Cody and Wardlow. Yep. Dudes who are Brian, just oh like, no, we're not yeah, going to cage. Bro- Brian cage does flips, right? He does. He does. Even, no. even, ha- even Hangman, who's literally a cowboy, his finishing move is doing a flip over the top rope and clotheslining a guy. Again, I'm not, this isn't me coming down on AEW. I love watching AEW. Don't get me wrong, but like, it's a lot, it's a lot of, it's a lot of uh, high impact, high flying maneuvering. Yeah. We'll say. Um, I'd like to go over one of your notes right after the Willie Mac things. I wrote yes. no notes for this. Uh-huh. Uh, the Good Brothers entrance into Impact, they are not going right to the tag team championship uh, no. contendership unless they eventually are, but not on this episode, which I agree with you. Like, I'm I think this is great. Like, it's obviously when you're bringing in a high profile team like this or a high profile wrestler, you kind of want to push them right to the top. But I like the idea of them kind of 
hopefully starting at the bottom and working their way up, even though they are a high profile team, high profile, high profile. I've said it four or five times. Yeah. Uh, we had, there was also a women's tag match. I will say this for impact. They have a really deep women's division uh, Yeah. with what looked to me like, and this is something I think AEW needs to work a little bit on and something I would say even to a degree WWE needs to work on. There's lots of varying characters like they yes. all the, all the women's wrestlers seem to have characters that they're really sort of tuned into. Uh, now, I will say this. I'm not familiar enough with any of them yet to really know what's going on. Like Aside except for from like Kylie Ray, Kylie Ray, Deanna Perrazzo, who came from NXT. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of, there's a couple more well-known people, but then there's people like Tasha Steeles, Havoc and Nevaeh that I'm not familiar with. And I'd really like to like mm-hmm. learn more as the episodes go on. Yeah, it's it's nice to see that you know through this two-hour episode i wouldn't say we got a lot of women's action i think we got two matches one or two i believe so and a, and a yeah. couple of backstage segments and backstage and one amazing segment that i was super in love with that we'll talk about a little bit later um but the thing that kind of bugs me about other companies is that there's eight million blonde women running around that all look the same yeah. and i felt like there was a lot of uh different personalities, different looks. And it, I could tell people apart. I think that's the problem. Sometimes I have with WWE. I'm not, I'm trying to try, trying not to compare everything, but, but it's, but it's also hard not to. Yeah. It's hard not to. That's the top of the game. Um, <laughs> uh, now I mentioned earlier, not a perfect episode. No, the Rhino versus uh, Hernandez segment. I found to be awful. I don't understand it. I don't know. If I forgot is- about it. Like it, like it's literally they're like they're they're fighting over like a hundred bucks. Rhino gores and pins Hernandez inside of a few seconds. It's over. It's pointless. Uh, what the one thing I will say that I kind of enjoyed about this whole bit is backstage Hernandez combing his mustache. Mm-hmm. Like his whole character is combing his mustache backstage, which is like I remember Hernandez as part of LAX. Now he's the guy who just combs his mustache backstage and then loses to Rhino. Uh, Hernandez is, he's a big dude. He is an agile dude. He is a talented dude, man. I'd like to see him in a more meaningful role. Maybe he'll end Mm -hmm. up there. Uh, Rhino, he, with Heath coming back to TNA or I'm sorry, when Heath coming to impact, like maybe that'll give Rhino something to do. And that like, maybe they could be a force in the tag division. Uh, But like, I, I don't, I don't know what the purpose of this segment was. And it felt like a kind of a waste of time. Yeah, agreed. However, yes, we also got Eddie Edwards with Eric Young, and oh man, I forgot how much I liked Eric Young on the mic. Ey, baby, the, like what's his name? The world class maniac is his gimmick now, which is it's, which is just it's Eric basically Young. San, it's Eric Young. It's it's in between sanity and Eric Young. Yeah, which is kind of always what Eric Young has been. It just got darker and scarier in sanity. Yeah, I mean, with Eric Young, it's a guy who, like, you know, if you say the wrong thing, he's going to snap and just destroy you. And he talks like this. And I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. I love the I love the way he sounds. It's great. Um, Clearly, they're going for a world title feud between them. I'm into it. I had this was the first time I've seen this version of Eddie Edwards. I knew Eddie Edwards as part of, I believe, the American Wolves or something like that. The Wolves with Davey Richards. Uh, they fought. I can't th- agree or disagree because oh. I don't. <laughs> they were they were together on the Indies, and I believe Davy is retired now. And 
Eddie has remade himself as like a guy from Boston, which is really interesting. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm fine with it. What I'm not fine with Matt. There's a guy named Moose in TNA. I, I know Moose cause wasn't, he was ring of honor for uh, a, brief, I, st- I a long time so. actually. And that's why I, I like Moose. It's a, he's, you, you just yell Moose at him. Yeah. I like Moose. He's cool. He's talented. Great wrestler. He's carrying around the t- the TNA Total Nonstop Action Championship title for no mm-hmm. apparent reason. It's dumb. Like, I don't know. I'm kind of into it. Why? It's like giving Bri- like it like again. I hate to compare. It's like giving Brian Cage the FTW title. It makes no sense. It, it that's, is, that's it, why I like it. Oh, it's utterly pointless. I like the I like the idea, and it's it's a a storyline or a trope that we've seen in wrestling a million times where like a person, it's always a heel character uh, who thinks they are the best, but has not won a title. Just bring out an old title and start wearing that and claiming themselves as champion. I mean, MVP just did that with the United States champion too, except that's, he pulled out a new title. Yeah. He pulled out a brand new title. Yeah. But I like the idea of Bruce just hanging on to like this old TNA belt. I find it funny. Uh, I don't know. I can't, I, I can't get into it. It was it, it, that 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 segment wasn't for me. I appreciated EC3 injecting himself into it, though. I hope they're going to feud if they here. Here's here's what I don't want to happen. I don't uh, want EC3 to show up and be like, I want that TNA title belt. He oh, no, shouldn't you, care. We shouldn't be lending it any credibility. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Why well, say we? I mean, <laughs> Impact shouldn't be lending that story uh, credibility for that title. It should be yeah. just. A, a championship of delusion essentially absolutely uh and then the last thing to talk about is the main event which was a fantastic television main event tag team titles on the line mm-hmm. i uh, mean you, you don't get a lot of tag team wrestling as the main event aew they put tag team kind of in the front for uh the front and foremost i'm sorry the, i am tired the, the forefront matt is that what you're trying the to forefront. think of oh god i can't wait for my attraction next week on that this is what happens when we do Wrestle Buddies after dark. After dark. Matt loses his words because he had to read his son three books that he has memorized by heart. Power bomb. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that already. Um Yeah, so <laughs> it was it, it was the North who've been the tag champs for over a year. Yeah. Uh, and the Motor City Machine Guns who returned at Slammiversary to sort of stake their claim. Great match. I like I was always like while I haven't been following Impact of late, uh I liked a lot of the older stuff. I love the Motor City Machine Guns. I was a big fan of them back when they mm-hmm. were when they were in the division. Um seeing them come back immediately like when I saw that pop on Twitter when it was happening during Slammiversary, I was like, "Oh, wow, okay. This is something I'm going to at least have to try to check out because also uh I believe Chris Sabin had been mostly retired for at least a year. Like mm-hmm. they, these were two dudes that were not only coming back together, but coming back in general. Uh, and it looked to me like they were as good as ever. They put on a great show with the North. Uh, ultimately, they won the tag titles, which I think is exciting. And also for my money, it sets up the North in a really cool way where they've been champs for a year. Now they have something new. Like, yeah. it's one thing to like hold the titles and just like your whole gimmick is we're the best and nobody can beat us. Now the story is, wait, someone got through our defenses. We have to recalibrate yeah. and get back to where we were. And it looks like, I mean, 
and Impact's really just building a what seems to be a great and strong tag team division, which, you know, you can't really have tag team titles unless you've got at least four good tag teams, you know, working around. Absolutely. That was not the highlight of this show for me, Chris. What was the highlight of this show for you? Was it? I Wait, can I guess? You can guess. It's very easy to guess. Was it the backstage segment with Kylie Ray? <laughs> it was not. It wasn't. That was really good. When she went up and introduced good. herself to Deanna. <laughs> yeah, it was great, but it's not the best. Okay. What was the best? The best was the segment. Was it reality house with all the wrestlers oh, living rest- in the house? Like, re- like wrestler's house. house? Yeah. Or is this just- a wrestling reality show? And it was just like the most uh, charismatic and weird uh, characters. I don't know most of them, um, but it was just kind of like the weirdos from Impact living in a house. And I'm just like, this is perfect for me. This is the kind of stuff I love. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Let's just put the most weirdest characters we have together and let them create magic. I will say, uh, just pulling the curtain back a little bit. Uh, yeah. When we were speaking with Impact's publicist today, Matt did ask earnestly, seriously, is this a whole TV show? Because <laughs> he wants it desperately to be a full TV show and not just a segment on Impact. As of now, it is just a segment on Impact. But listen, if there are more people out there like you, Matt, who knows? Here's the, here's the thing about wrestling and wrestling fans. I know I am a a kind of minority fan that just loves the silliness. Yeah. I oh, mean, like I, I like wrestling, but yeah. I mean like the silliness is what I love. I'm right the there weird, with you. I understand. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, Chris, what would you, uh, what let's, let's rate the show out of, uh, uh, eight Steve Blackman's under the ring. Oh, <laughs> that's such a weird number to pick. Eight yeah. Steve Blackman's under the ring. Uh, Ooh, you know what, Matt? On a scale of eight Steve Blackmans, I'm going to give it a solid six and a half Steve Blackmans. Oh, um, I couldn't cut Steve Blackman in half because that'd be murder. So I'm going to go with the six. OK, see, I when I cut him in half, um, I assumed he just had more uh, whatever those sticks are that he holds. Kendo sticks or oh, the Eskrima sticks. Yeah, the Eskrima sticks. He just had the a couple extra Eskrima sticks like stuck into his boots and whatnot. OK, I'm going to give it one uh, six Steve Blackman's one Eskrima stick and one Kendo stick. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. It's weird. It's weird that that somehow winds up being only four Steve Blackman's, though. Because <laughs> he doesn't have two Eskrima sticks. <laughs> so it's my really good show. I, I'm I'm kind of excited to continue watching. Uh, I. I feel like I need something new in wrestling right now. Mm-hmm. Something that's kind of away from um, the same old stuff. <laughs> and I and I will say this. Uh, Impact is currently taping new shows without an audience. Yeah. Uh, they are not uh, doing what either AEW or WWE are doing. It didn't bother me as much, though, having no one there because I found myself yeah. distracted by the show enough. Uh, however, I will say this. And I say this to every wrestling company. Just pipe in audience sounds. We'll be fine with it. Literally, yeah. Dodger Stadium has cardboard fans in the audience that people are paying for to fill one, out one, the stands. In one of the MLB games, they have digital fans, the Fox yeah, games. It literally looks like MLB 2019. It looks Just like a game. Do, we saw the greatest wrestling match of all time ever, uh, and the piped in audience sound was actually great. Yeah, it was great. Just listen, there's there's so many cheering audiences out there recorded. Put them to work. 
But good job, Impact. You're doing good stuff, and I'm actually excited for the next episode. Yeah, I will watch that show when it airs on Access TV. Tuesday nights, I believe. Or I could be wrong, because I don't have that information in front of me. I believe it is Tuesday nights, man. Tuesday nights. Anyway, Chris, let's let's talk about movies. Because you and I, we're cinephiles. Absolutely. We like, we like mo- I love movies. Matt, I would I've, say uh, Matt, I, I would, enjoy movies. I would like to say I've seen at least 13 movies in my life. I, uh, you've never seen my collection. My collection of movies is, it's, I think it's around 6,000 like Blu-rays and DVDs. It's that's, a lot. That's too many. I do have a shocking yeah. number of movies. You were, you were just watching, Chris, you were watching a movie right before we started this podcast, weren't you? I was, Matt. It is called Strange Behavior, a.k.a. Dead Kids. It is a slasher movie from 1981. It is, as Shudder described it, a quote-unquote Ozploitation film about kids. And, and the, the, the description of the movie actually puts quote marks around Illinois teens. <laughs> like I don't and there's nothing about this movie that screams Illinois or Australia. It's very generic but very weird and silly. Was it was it rated R? Yeah, cuz it's after dark. It's like Edge. I would recommend um cuz I'm a big Shutter fan. I would highly recommend Impedagor, Imped- which is I believe Indonesian. Uh is it gory? I don't want to even I don't want to talk about the plot at all. Just watch it. It's is, is crazy. Is it gory? Um, no. Okay. It's more along the lines of like atmospheric horror, but not like The Witch where nothing actually happens. All right. Do you not like The Witch? I hate The Witch. I think it's a beautifully shot movie, but I hate the movie. No, I like I like that movie a whole lot. Uh, and it's more it, midsummery. We'll say, we'll say Midsummery. Never seen it, never will. And if you are looking for my recommendations for Shudder, I highly recommend Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3, two of my favorite movies that I yes. found this summer. Sleepaway the, Camp 1, also great, fine. but like 2 and 3 really notch it up in really, really fun ways. Uh, avoid Sleepaway Camp 4 at all costs. It's garbage. Yes. Um, I also would recommend, I saw The Beach House, which was okay, but it's a little gory. Mm. that's a shutter original and then i started watching the pool which is a thai film which is about a guy in an olympic sized swimming pool and there's an alligator in there with him and I the, saw all the water's gone i was like this is like i loved crawl so i'll probably like that i just started it and saw a trailer for that today i also recommend graduation day which is another yes. 80s slasher that literally in the middle of it has a seven minute minute music video for a song called gangster rock that's my favorite song if we're going to talk about the best 80s horror film of all time before we talk about some other movies, yep. um, I always, always recommend Slumber Party Massacre 2. Oh, it's great. My favorite horror movie of all time, actually. With, with the guitar drill? Guitar drill. Yeah, baby. Um, it's about a girl band that goes to like a condo for the weekend to practice and a rockabilly guitarist comes and kills everybody. As one does. And there are three different songs in that movie from the girl band and one song from the murderer. And they're all in a dance sequence. Wonderful, wonderful. Moves. I highly recommend Sorry. the song. If only great song. Anyway, we're, we're here. We're here to talk about WWE studios movies, which are movies that have wrestlers sometimes in them, but sometimes not. Sometimes uh, I will say there is at least two on my list that do not have uh, wrestlers in them. 
Let me check my, my let's see, one, two. Yeah, I'm also two. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, so first, let me give you a little bit of a uh, little bit of background. WWE Studios was first f- first founded, Matt, in uh, 2002 as WWE Films. Mm, uh, I, I'm I'm willing to bet you can guess who the founder was. It is a man named. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Are you sure it wasn't uh, President Jack Tunney? No, that was WWE Films Canada. That's a oh. whole. Other, that's a whole other whole other thing. Uh, the first film, like the funny thing about WWE Films, is it actually started as a way to for WWE to get a cut of the Rock's movies. So, like, yes. the first titles were The Rundown and Walking Tall, like two legitimate like theatrical films. Yes. Uh, and then it was in 2006 when WWE finally went full bore and released two movies uh, in the same year, about about four months apart. Uh, the first one was See No Evil, starring one Mr. Mayor Kane, which isn't um, bad. Not, not bad. bad film. Not bad. It's fine. And then, of course, the beginning of the greatest <laughs> film franchise of our time. <laughs> I speak, of course, of the date is October 13th, 2006. The distributor, 20th Century Fox, making this technically a Disney movie now. The star, mm-hmm. one Jonathan Felix Anthony Cena Jr. I'm talking about the Marine, Matt. Do you, before we get into the movies that we love, do you remember yeah. John Cena's character's name in the Marine? I don't remember anything about the Marine because I didn't jump in until Miz took over. His character's name is John. Mm-hmm. His last name is Triton. John Triton. Oh, that's a name. It's the best name. His wife's name is Kate Triton. Triton. Robert Patrick plays the villain. No last name. One name only. Rome. <laughs> Rome. His name is Rome. Let's talk about our top five. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm, Actually, no. Because, Matt, I have more to say about the Marine franchise. Because The Miz didn't join until The Marine 3. three. Do you know yeah. who was the star of The Marine 2? Randy was... Orton, wasn't it? No, 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 it was uh, John Moxley. No, no, John Moxley is 12 rounds three, wow. baby. The Marine oh, I 2. Swore. <laughs> I oh. swore. I finally swore. The Marine it 2. Happened. The Marine 2, and I'm serious, starring one Ted DiBiase Jr. <gasps> That's right. Teddy DiBiase has his own Marine movie. Uh, it was made on a budget of a million, a $1.5 million. I will say that WWE Studios has the worst film I have ever seen in my life. Um, I think it's, I think it's my like, top three, like worst films I've ever seen. Is it the one where is, Triple H drives a bus? No, but it stars Hornswoggle and it's Leprechaun Origins. Leprechaun Origins. It is garbage. 
But let's talk about our favorites, Chris. Yes, let's talk about our favorites. Uh, there are good movies in there. I'm looking at our list. We have a lot of the same movies. But they're in different orders, which is crazy. Let, let's start at the bottom and work our way up, shall we? Okay, yeah, let's do it. Okay, my my, and I'll just say it, because it's both of our number fives, is Oculus. No, that's my number one. Oh, you actually listed them in revert. Let, let's, <gasps> let's do this oh, again. I'm Chris. sorry. I'm so sorry, Matt. We could do this all over again. Oh, no, let's just keep it going. Oh, OK. Uh, my number five is Oculus, <laughs> a uh, a quote unquote horror film uh, starring Karen Gillan. She oh, of her. Doctor Who and Guardians of the Galaxy fame. Uh, this is your number one WWE Studios movie. Yes, it is. I'll, I'm going to let you lead the discussion then. Go nuts, my friend. Um, what well, it's it's kind of a, a cool take on a horror film. It's not, but it's not it's borderline horror almost, I'd mm-hmm. say. Uh, where if uh, there's a haunted mirror and if you look in this mirror, uh, evil happens. I, it's been so long since I've seen it. <laughs> and there's a whole contract contraption set up where they are going to try to destroy this mirror because it's killing people. And that's kind of the whole movie. Uh, but it's I, I remember watching it be like, wow, like WWE Studios, like you made a movie I didn't hate. Good job. And it's it's like. I really appreciate like the whole yeah the whole movie is like the mirror is messing with them and they're trying to capture proof like the story is that like the kid uh Brenton Thwaites Tim who plays who's Robin on Titans uh mm-hmm. plays Karen Gillan's little brother and he is found essentially responsible for killing their parents when he was a kid yeah. it's but it's a haunted mirror um as an adult him and his sister again Karen Gillan attempt to sort of like record proof that the mirror is actually haunted or a demon or but there's tons of rules about how you can record the mirror being evil and things like that but i i I just such a a, to me a really cool new concept for a movie Mm -hmm. um and I like that it goes back and forth in the timeline where you're sort of yeah. follow, you're tracking them as adults doing what they're doing and then quickly flashing back to track them as kids going through the entire situation. Yeah. Very yeah. fun. I, movie. I, to, to me, it was like it's the I think it might be the only successful horror movie to come out of WWE Studios. I mean, see no evil is fine. It's fine. But what I mean, like, what about see no evil Two? I hated that. OK, what about no one lives starring Brodus Clay? I didn't see that. And it sounds like it's probably more of like a Saturday afternoon action movie. You'd see. Nope. It's a horror movie. Oh, anyways, Chris, what about, uh, what about Leprechaun origins, which we already yeah, spoke already about. We discussed it. Uh-huh. Uh, let's go. My number, my number five, uh-huh. uh, which is your number one. one, actually. Wow. We really inverted, didn't we? <laughs> it's uh, fighting with my family. The movie about how Paige became a wrestler. The movie kind of about how Kate Page became like the, the very dramatized, not at all realistic version of how Page became a wrestler based on a documentary from I believe it's a Channel 4 documentary. So the weird side of uh, British television and starring Florence Pugh and Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Nick Frost and Nick Frost and Lena Headey and uh, Vince Vaughn as I guess Albert. Like, yeah, he's playing Matt Bloom. Like, I guess like, he's not of. Matt Bloom, but he's Matt Bloom. Yeah, he's the head coach of NXT. Uh, so I yes, this this is my number one. I think it is the best made of the various WWE films. 
I think WWE didn't have a ton to do with the production of it. I think this was mostly, uh, I forgot the comp- uh, proof six, something, whatever the rocks company is. I think he had seven bucks production, seven bucks. Thank you. Uh, I think it was mostly him and they just did it under the WWE studios banner. But like for my money, it is a very good movie uh, about pro wrestling, but that doesn't, understand pro wrestling yeah it's written and it's 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 written and directed by steven merchant who's fantastic yes um and he's put together a an incredible cast telling a really cool story uh and giving really cool insight into the pro wrestling industry except it's all incorrect um yeah the, the i think it gets it gets some of the indie stuff right i think uh it gets the it gets a lot of details of Paige's story right like in terms of like growing up in a wrestling, a wrestling family, uh, the Handing out flyers of, on the street, like the, the, the jealous, the jealousies that could pop up between siblings with one of you is suddenly on television and the other didn't make it mm-hmm. like stuff like that. Um, it, what it does not get right is literally anything about WWE, how NXT works, how, uh, getting a raw debut works like in the movie. If you haven't seen the movie spoilers, uh, Paige finds out she's debuting on Raw by going to a skybox at the Raw Arena where Dwayne the Rock Johnson is just standing there. He's like, guess what? You're going to be in the main event against Paige tonight. You're going to win the title. No, she doesn't even say she's going to win the she, He doesn't even say she's going to win the title because I think he sort of positions it as a legitimate athletic contest. I th- that's what the, I feel like the movie kind of does that. And the Rock does play like this deus ex machina character who's just like, everything's fine because the Rock is here, yeah. which I kind of agree with at the same time. It's you're not wrong. Like yeah. the, the rock makes things better. He also, uh, yeah, he, ex, he, he just info dumps. He, <laughs> he's Johnny and, exposition in this movie. He <laughs> is the king of exposition in this film, but it's fine. Like it's a great movie with a fantastic cast. And I loved watching it. Yeah. Uh, Chris, let's go to your number four. My number four, which is your number two, evidently. No, I'm sorry. My number four is 12 rounds. It didn't even make your list, Matt. No, I don't like 12 rounds that much. Oh, my God. 12 rounds, I thought, was such a fun concept. And then, like, it it came out after The Marine. I still thought John Cena could be a big movie star. Turns out I was right. I don't know if you know. He makes movies now. He does. I, 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 I have to stop here. Uh, on a recent flight, I watched the John Cena Fireman movie. Oh, oh the one with uh, uh, Keegan-Michael Keel? Keegan-Michael. I can't say people's name. Keegan-Michael Key. Key. Yes. After Dark. Yes. That movie. It's fantastic. It is. Is it really? It's legit. It's a fun family movie. Okay. Or if you're me, it's a fun Chris Hayner movie. Okay. All right. Uh, It also has Judy Greer in it. And I am pro anything with Judy Greer. Yeah. Um, But uh, so, yeah, the Marine or 12, 12 rounds, 12 rounds, not a, I just enjoyed it. Like I like I thought the Marine was fine, but like just the the basic premise of it was kind of silly. Like it the only like the only reason John Cena was at the center of the plot in the Marines because he was like buying Funyuns at the at the gas station when like the jewel thieves stopped to get gas. (laughs) Like that's the plot of the movie. Um, Twelve rounds is actually it's dope. Like it's super fun. I need I want to go back and watch it. Um, that will bring me, Chris, to my number four, which is The Marine 6. Uh, do you know which one that is? 
Uh, Shawn Michaels, Becky Lynch, The Miz. No, do you know what the... No, I need a full title, Matt. Do you know the full title? Oh, I don't know. Extraction Force. I don't know. Can I just put words together? (laughs) No, it's with the Marine Six close quarters, Matt. Oh, I don't care about the secondary titles for the Marine. I just want The Miz in an action-packed adventure... I want to I want an hour and a half movie where I feel like they don't leave a set at all mm-hmm. and they end up on a boat at the end for some reason and everyone dies. Well, because, Matt, when your boats are not very big. So when you're on a boat with more than one person, you're in close quarters. Well, but this, but a good portion of this movie is before they're on a boat. Or am I thinking of five now? You're thinking of five. My <laughs> number is, three movie. Wait, hold on. Number is number five where they're just in like a parking garage yeah yeah okay okay so yeah number six they're on the boat it's so hard to keep track of because i feel like each movie's just like here's the set go for an hour and a half Uh, man i don't know why you're saying this the marine franchise is incredible it's i don't hate it i enjoy it it's it's kind of like those like iron eagle this saturday on upn like it's like one of those action movies you just see on the weekend on cable or on hbo max which is where i think uh I think that's where the Marine six resides right now in streaming. I know this because every time I open up, Oh no, no, I'm sorry. HBO max tries to serve me 12 rounds three with John Moxley because it's the first thing that shows up when you click movies A to Z because it starts with a number. Yes. (sighs) Uh, We've talked about both Marines. Just go to your number two. No, my number three is my number three is the Marine five battleground. It's the one that takes place in a parking garage. It's the one where Naomi, Bo Dallas, Curtis Axel and Heath Slater are in a biker gang together. It's the best movie. Watch it. That's all I have to say. Maurice is also now that you now that you just reminded me of the whole biker gang stuff, which I kind of forgot for some reason, because I just focused way too much on the location. Uh huh. The Marine five is so good. It really is. I do like the Marine six better, though, just because it's just like because you already wrote it down. Well, they put they pull the trigger on a batch crazy ending. That's two swears after dark. Matt, you got mad at me when I sweared last time. I know, but I'm the one editing, so I can swear. Oh, that's not fair at all. My number two movie (laughs) is also your number two movie, and it's the Mm -hmm. only movie we haven't talked about yet. So let's talk about Slate. 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 Like Slate a hand. Yeah, not like a a sleigh. I, it's, I love this. It is such a, it's a superhero movie that's not really a superhero movie. It's about a kid that uh, does like street magician teenager who gets this magnetizing power that he builds on his own. It's Iron Man meets magic. It's so weird. Like it that's that is honestly the perfect way to put it. It's Iron Man meets magic. It's a kid who's a street magician and sort of uses those street tricks that kind of turn into magic in a weird way. And like, it's like, to and stop science? drug lords and like, yeah, he, just... he, he uses science to make cooler street magic and then uses that to stop evil. It's yeah. awesome. I might this like, honestly, th- there, this is close to overtaking fighting with my family on my list. I here's the, here's the thing, Chris, this was my, almost my number one until I got like nostalgia feelings for Oculus. Oculus is a very good movie. What I what what can really we just so, both put slide at number one? Let's just put slide at number one. Slide to number one, both of us. Here's what I will say about slide. Uh, I went into this not knowing it was because this what you need to know about slide is there are just like Oculus, there are no WWE wrestlers present in the film no. at all. I 
did not know this was a WWE studio movie until I sat down and watched it. And I was very concerned. Um, here's <laughs> when you see the logo come up, you're like, uh Oh, <laughs> but then I figured out why this movie was made independently. And then after debuting at Sundance, WWE studios and Blumhouse's tilt label acquired it, acquired the rights. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. I keep forgetting that this is a Blumhouse movie too. So this wasn't a movie WWE made. This is a movie WWE bought uh, to release and it didn't do like it did. Okay. Given that it was shot, Matt, this is going to blow your mind. This movie was shot on a budget of 250 grand. Yes. Which is insane because it looks great. Uh, and I believe it filmed, I believe it filmed in and around Los Angeles. Yes, it was which LA. Isn't cheap. So kudos to them for doing that. It made, it only made 4 million at the box office. Uh, it did not, it was not a huge hit. But on a budget of 250 grand, like, that's a win. But yeah, my buddy was manager of post-production on this movie. Anyway, those were our top five. <laughs> we, the, the moral of the story is we love WWE films slash studios. I, I love Slight. I love Slight. <laughs> I love all the movies on my list. And spoilers, Matt, we didn't talk about one of the movies on your list. And that's the main event. Oh, my number three. The main event, uh, I... I feel like I've talked about it a million times. I feel like I've done interviews for it a million times. It is the perfect kids movie. Uh-huh. Like 80s kids movies. It's like, I want to accomplish the impossible. Um, I get help from uh, magic or an alien to do it. Mm-hmm. I achieve my dreams. But at the end of the movie, um, I lose those superpowers and I somehow have to accomplish the impossible again. And I do that. Every movie it's rookie it's, of the year with a, with a mask. It's it's wrestling like Mike. Yeah. Like in, yeah. in like Mike, the kid, like little Bow Wow finds Michael Jordan sneakers in uh, the main event. Uh, the kid in this movie finds it's a luchador mask, like a stinky luchador mask. And it gives and, him magical powers and it introduces him to his new best friend, Keith Lee. Yeah. What a who wonderful sings. film. Who sings like an angel. His name is Smooth Operator. Oh, God. The main event is a great movie. It should have been yeah. on my list. I apologize. Uh, but yeah. Because you forget it because you forget that it's a WWE film, even though I believe WWE is working, has some sort of contract with Netflix because they have the main event. They have the, the big, big show, show, show. And I think there's more stuff coming Uh, there like uh, Netflix. The Hulk Hogan movie is a Netflix movie. The biopic. Yeah. Starring Ooh. Chris Hemsworth. That's those are our top five movies. <laughs> we did it. Kind of. of all time of we, all production yeah. studios. Yep. That's it. Look out, Jaws. The Marine 5 Battleground is here. Sorry, Pop Star and Demolition Man. I like Slight. I do like Slight. I do like Slight, legitimately. I legitimately like all the movies that we talked about. And now that brings us to our fake introduction for this interview. Unlike other podcasts, which try to make you seem, they try to make it seem like, Hey, Matt, 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 before, before you go there, I just want to like, I know what we're talking about. but like, something else we're talking about. It's like blue chew, you know? And like, uh, I was going to try to do the Chris Jericho. Oh, the Chris Jericho. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to talk to you about this thing before we talk about that. Like, let's talk about like, like, you know, like meal prep services. <laughs> hey, guys, can you just hold on one second? Because I really need to talk to you about uh, your doorbell. Can you see people on the other side of your doorbell? No, well, you can with this device. Get a ring, baby. <laughs> or don't. Uh, we talked to Impact Wrestling's The Good Brothers. Uh, I was super pumped to do this interview. I know Chris was. Absolutely. Uh, 
I am excited about talking Shopamania, which you will learn a lot about. Uh, but before we get into that, let's talk about your books. What kind of books are you reading? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> uh, I'm not like you, Matt. I'm illiterate. <laughs> How many libraries would you give that uh, literacy? None. None libraries. Anyway, here's the interview with the Good Brothers. Uh, we'll be back with Wrestle Buddies After Dark. Hey, friends, we have very special guests this week. Guests, I should say, plural. One guest isn't enough. You need two guests. And Absolutely. I'm very, very excited. Uh, we have Doc Gals and Carl Anderson from Impact Wrestling here. How are you guys doing? Brother, great. great. Yeah, you can't have one of us without the other. It just feels weird. It does. We do it sometimes and it feels wrong. But one thing I can say about each other is we don't get sick of each other, which might sound weird. We might have little two or three seconds where we just go, we get a little pissed at each other and then we're back. <laughs> that has to be very useful given that I can only assume you're also traveling together all the time. Constantly. Oh, yes. yeah. It was, yeah. That was it. Yes. Like, Matt, Matt, I love you, but I yeah. don't know if I could handle being on the road with you all week, every single week. I'm kind of awful. Think about it. <laughs> you know, I mean, think about it. You land, like, you know, you're, you're home for three days, then you come home, and then you come get on the road, like, with the WWE schedule, and then we're back. We see each other on Friday morning. Pick them up at the airport. Good mood, bad mood, who knows, whatever. We go work out together. We go eat food together. We go to the arena together. Then we got a three-hour drive to get to the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> and it just repeats four days in a row. Every single week for four years. Wow. You guys are like the athletic version of me and Chris. Yeah. Yeah. We sit, we, we sit in our respective living rooms and just talk to each other over Slack and Zoom calls. That's not a bad gig, though. I don't mind. I'm telling you, that's a lot easier than being in a, in a car with a, with a friend of yours that's farting, burping, bad mood, good mood. All the I mean, above. We, and, we, and, we both, and we both go back and forth. Who's in a good mood today? Who's in a bad mood? And trying to navigate who's driving, who's not going to drive, who's ready to kill somebody, who's not. It's... It's insane, man. It, it, now, I, I am very curious. Uh, who Who is the primary driver in this relationship? This, Carl, this guy Carl. right here. Yeah? And let me explain why. Gallows is a big guy, right? Mm -hmm. And what I've noticed traveling with big with bigger men, man, they got a quick trigger. Bam. And so, like, they, they, he, he very nice, sweet man. But if you, if, you, if you test him, as in cut him off, or turn it or turn wrong in front of him or don't put a light on him. He's just going crazy, ready to just sorry for my language. Start trying to fight somebody <laughs> at any second. So I just figured out it was better if I drive. I'll 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 handle the driving and, and let's all stay safe. My uh, my wife and children call it uh, dad's vehicular Tourette's because it, it <laughs> goes away quickly, but there's like a 10 second burst that I can't control and then I'm I'm fine again. But but it stresses Carl out and he doesn't want to hear that profanity coming out of my mouth. So it's just easy. You know, he drives it's just easier. Yeah. Just easier. So I guess uh, one thing that's on a lot of people's minds right now is you've transitioned from WWE to impact wrestling. Uh, why go with impact out of, you know, there were many, many different possibilities that you guys could have gone to at that point. Uh, right away, right out of the gate. And even back in September, when we were looking to move from WWE to begin with, uh, Scott Demore, who's been influential in both of our careers, knowing Carl all the way back to training with Roger Ruffin in Cincinnati, uh, helping me leave TNA the first time when he wasn't working there and putting together my first New Japan deal. Him and Carl kind of tag team that. Always been a very positive uh, influence on our careers, a good friend to us. And as you're seeing, if you're watching Impact 
on Access Tuesday nights at 8 p.m., which you absolutely should be doing because it's the hottest new wrestling show going. I call it new because of all these new faces and this strong roster. Uh, the co-branding. They were all about pushing our Talking Shop podcast, all about helping us promote Talking Shop Mania, which we're here to do today, which airs August 1st on pay-per-view and via the Fight app on iPay-per-view. Uh, they were ready to just jump on board and co-brand with us. We want to wear the Impact hat, wave the Impact flag, help blow this brand up as big as possible. And in turn, they are helping us do the same thing with our brand. So it's been good. We've, uh, aside from all the cool wrestling and creative talks we've been having, I mean, I was on the phone with Scott yesterday, discussing different merchandise options and different ways to promote Impact Plus, which is our streaming service, which has a ton of great content, including every pay-per-view in history, but we're going to bring a lot more. Uh, my Larry Auto shows will be on there. And we're talking about some some pieces where you get an in-depth look at these these superstars that you see on TV every week. So it was just so exciting to jump in together and, uh, and kind of co-brand and co-create. And it was, it was an automatic fit and we knew that it would be, and it already is this early into the relationship. What I love about you guys joining and uh, there was a few, a few other names that also joined at Slammiversary is it's creating a buzz for a show that I like, we were actually, we're discussing this on the podcast last week Impact doesn't really get the kind of buzz that the other two major companies get. But when you look at the product they're putting out every week, it's it's a roster of compelling characters putting on really good matches and very good television. And finally, it feels like people are starting to flock to it. Yeah, I agree. It's consistent. We had to re-familiarize ourselves or, or completely familiarize ourselves with some of the younger talent stuff because we were in that New York bubble uh, for a minute. And when I started watching the show, I was like, damn like we really have something here and then the influx of the good brothers with that awesome slammiversary buzz and then uh you add in all the other new faces who are all guys that i think if we could pick a roster we would have picked them anyway it's nothing but exciting yeah it, it, you know i think and people they've gone you know impact's gone through you know different you know management changes and, and television uh channel changes and you know so i think it it, it helped it made them lose a little bit of their fan base here and there and then with the emergence of AEW and, and going live on TNT, which is a massive network, and the WWE always gets the love that they give. And then I, I think people kind of for, for, forget about Impact sometimes. But, you know, Impact's, it, they prove that they're, you know, willing to play big and play hard because, I mean, the offer that they, the offer that they came, and besides the fact that we trust Scott Demore and, and he came at us immediately and um, as a friend and as a, as a boss or a, an executive, but, you know, the, the offer they gave us was just, it literally was t- too good to refuse. And like, and so we've been talking to Scott for the last three months and just trying to figure out what we wanted to do. And then everything they, everything they, and, and they've been truthful and honest. And then I think a lot of truthfulness and honesty with what we dealt with the last four years, I think it was nice to get some, some upfront answers. And it's been great. We're excited. And, and, and so then with the success of Slammiversary, as you could tell, it was, it was rocking online and like, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people had a chance to, to buy it that might not have, you know, might not have bought impact in the past. And, and now they can, you know, some different eyes can see it and, and hopefully we can turn some heads. Uh, speaking of turning, turning heads, not turking heads. That's not a thing. Uh, t- talking shop a mania. I I've seen the trailer for this. Uh, it is, it's bonkers. It's fun. It kind of reminds me a, a lot of kind of your Southpaw regional wrestling uh, what you were involved with, uh, explain what it is and, uh, what you kind of hope to accomplish with talking shop mania. Well, it's better than that. 
better than better than that. And it's rated R. <laughs> it's it certainly looked rated R. Yes, it did. It's rated it's, R, but that's a good thing. But the and crack a beer. Uh, we want you guys to remember something. I'm talking about the listeners in your audience. It's it's a trying time in our world right now with mm-hmm. everything that's going on. We're in the middle of a pandemic. There's social unrest. What we want to do as entertainers is take what we love and what we know you love, or you wouldn't be listening to us on here, professional wrestling, and have some fun with it. You're going to watch a 90-minute parody, uh, the ridiculousness of the boner yard match. It's not meant to disrespect anybody, make fun of anybody. It's meant to make you guys have a good time, to see inside of our senses of humor, and uh, enjoy wrestling for 90 minutes where... You know, you're going to see a lot of people step out of these serious television characters that you've seen them portray for all these years and do something really lighthearted, really fun. A lot of what we think are some great jokes in there and a lot of cool cameos from, from superstars from all times throughout the business. So I think that if you're a wrestling fan and you don't have a chuckle at it, then I don't know. We did our you're, best. You're not human. Like, you know, <laughs> any, any great thing gets spoofed, right? Like Top Gun got spoofed by Hot Shots. Then Rambo gets spoofed by Hot Shots Part Two. I mean... It, the boneyard was was perfect and how, how much more fitting was it that my last bump in a wrestling ring was on top of a roof by the undertaker in the wwe you don't go out any better way than that and gallows I got was, thrown to my yeah gallows gallows was killed and and i i, I kind of think triple h would have thought it was funny if you missed the crash pad down there because he, <laughs> he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have cared i mean let's be honest <laughs> but like you know it, it it's just no 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 more fitting way than to have the boner yard match and it's in there's so many different man there's just so much different elements that gone into it and we've sent the video or we've sent the match to a couple of prominent people in the business that are friends of ours and they've come back with just they said they're they're losing it laughing because it's just it's if you know us if you know us that's one good thing we're pretty good at doing is making people laugh well, and you were able to pull this together so quickly too. Like, I, like I remember when I, the trailer dropped, I was surprised. Like, oh, this is coming out very, very soon. Yeah, yeah. You, you, Gallows got started on this the day we got released. He, he immediately. I literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't wait. <laughs> yeah, like five minutes after, I think ten, five or ten minutes after we, I got, I had just gotten canned. I looked down and see my and see my, uh, him calling me, and I re- then I, I, we talked about an hour later, and he told me he's well. I'm running a pay per view in my backyard, and it's, I'm gonna, I've been on the phone with Fight TV and this guy and that guy. I'm like, whoa, wh- wh- when? So he, he built this relationship with all these pay per view pay per view providers <laughs> within like you know an hour of being fired, and like the next thing you know, like we're on the phone with these pay per view providers that are you know providing real pay per views like. WWE <laughs> pay-per-views and UFC pay-per-views and then also on the card is talking shop of man <laughs> with like I'm thinking are, how are we going to get the sound correct are we going to have like is this what just happened and then so it's been a three it's been two or three months of us going trying to figure this out and hiring the right people and you got to have sound equipment and production crews and, and think commentary. about think about we're going to be available in demand direct tv dish verizon uverse shaw pay-per-view bell tv saskatel and internet pay-per-view on fight tv i have no no clue how we pulled this off so please spend the 14.99 even if you hate it you can't be that mad it's 14.99 just just buy it and go watch and go watch a boxing fight or something just but you don't even have to watch it It, it, but if you sit and watch it have a have a couple beers with your friends like you i promise you you're gonna enjoy it and is this something you guys want to like if depending on like how it goes are you hoping you can expand on it and do more in the future 
Absolutely. Yeah, we just we were talking. I was talking to Rocky earlier before we jumped on this. Like in between, we've been doing media all day, and mm-hmm. uh, I said, "Man, like he goes, I think we really are onto something. If it does well, like you know, we got to talk about moving forward." And I was like, "Yeah, we screwed up so many things doing this because we just threw it all together. So I think we can properly plan it better. I don't know that I need." that many people human beings in and out of my home that i live in <laughs> so that was a little trying but uh yeah we hope that it's successful we more than anything hope people enjoy it and uh if they do we're gonna be even crazier on talking shopping mania too Ooh. well that, that's something like our our show is primarily based around the silliness of wrestling talking about you know uh robocop and wcw chucky and wcw <laughs> like, a lot of, a lot a lot of a lot of the sillier stuff is from wcw it turns out yeah. <laughs> but uh what what i kind of love with you doc was uh after the release from wwe it's sex ferguson immediately you know we're getting kind of this fun like and that's what i love in wrestling uh so how far are you guys going to tie take this, you know, Sex Ferguson or uh, your other weird characters outside of Impact? <laughs> I mean, way. we're going to take them all the way. Like, we uh, yeah. we made these talk and shop movies when we were in Japan just because we were bored on days off. But, like, out of all that stuff and out of, like, I think we're probably very similar to you guys. Some of the silliness of wrestling has been some of the biggest entertainment of our entire lives. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, like Carl said, you can't not spoof some of this stuff. Like, that some not only the cameos in talking shopamania but the way they're done and there's a there's a big wcw wink there's a whole segment where there's a big <laughs> wink to that and a cameo i'm especially fond of in the uh, boner yard match that i think i even had to explain to chad because he's like why are we putting that in there and i was like really hardcore fans are going to think that is really funny and they're never going to expect us to have ever found this guy but i did and here he is <laughs> and he has a cameo in the match. yeah <laughs> I mean, like, it, it, you know, like with the boneyard, like, and I, and I don't want to sound disrespectful by this at all, but if, if just say that bone, if the bone, if, if, if WrestleMania happened in, in Tampa at Raymond James stadium, right. And they put the boneyard match on the screen for those fans to watch, they would be pissed. They'd be on it and say it was the worst thing they'd ever seen. Not because it sucked or whatever, but this, in this landscape, you had, what five or six matches before that were wrestled in front of no people for the first time, probably ever in on worldwide pay-per-view. And so then the boneyard match comes up and it's like, then it's just epic, crazy movie. So, and I remember we were, and we were doing it. We're out there. We're out there from, from 5 PM until five 30 or six in the morning shooting it this whole night. And we kept saying like, man, this is some cheesy shit, man. But this actually is going to be amazing because you know how WWE's editors are amazing. And of mm-hmm. course, AJ Styles is the best you know, best performer in the world. And the undertaker is the legendary undertaker. And then everything that was thrown in, we knew it was going to be amazing. And that's why the boner yard is going to be even more amazing because it, because <laughs> it is, and it really if sucks. You, it's really good. Yeah. If you guys know anybody looking to buy a used hearse, I really need to get it out from my driveway. <laughs> yeah. He has a hearse. He has a hearse sitting in his driveway. Have your neighbors complained about it or anything? He doesn't have a neighbor. No, I have a really, I'm fortunate to have a very long driveway. So they, they only saw it coming in. They haven't seen it now that there's Chad two bad stickers all over it and decals. We're just going to leave it parked where it's at for now until I figure out what to do with it next. All else fails. It is something to blow up at Talking Shop Mania 2. Exactly. I'm, 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 I'm literally point, thinking. Actually. I'm, I'm <laughs> my appearance this weekend when I'm 
doing a talking shop mania live watch along i don't know yet uh oh but before we move uh on to the next thing i actually want to check did i read correctly that you guys are working on talking shop beer yes 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 it's been a long process like you know trying to get how do i how do we say this properly trying to get people to work and i don't know how to say this but (laughs) i'm noticing it's harder and i guess there's different stipulations or i don't know not everyone's driven as we are especially during this like I don't know. It just seems that this was supposed to have already been done. So it's a terrible Mm. advertisement, but someday when it comes out, please buy some and enjoy it. Uh, We've tasted it. It's great. Just the labeling process is a long one Uh, (laughs) to say. There's a lot that goes into it. You just can't just say, because I I want a beer now. I I could just take Bud Light, wrap talking shop around it and just say, here we are. I don't even care what it tastes like right now. Just get it out there. Thought it should be that simple, and then we found out that we were not in the beer business. Yeah, <laughs> like Eric Bischoff did. Eric Bischoff talked to us and was like, "Guys, don't, don't do it." Like it's a. It's, oh, we were like, he was saying like he doesn't like it's fun because we like beer and stuff. But his his thought was like, "Who cares what it tastes like?" Just because if you start being a snob about how it tastes, now you really start to get into like it's just a it's just a lot of work, man. So we're mm-hmm. trying to get I mean, it ready. We just need to get the stuff out there. That's the issue. <laughs> Well, with working with Impact, there's something that's very special to to Chris's heart that oh, um, I know he wants to discuss, uh, uh, especially with Doc. Yeah, Doc, um, I, I I had this conversation with people a lot. Uh, I remain a loyal fan of Aces and Eights. Wow. <laughs> um, I actually I just recently went back and rewatched so much of it uh, on YouTube because holy cow, it's all there. Uh, like, oh yeah. Uh, I, I like how like when you're in the middle of something like that like clearly i like uh you know we we're also cover entertainment so like i was very i was very much in charge of sons of anarchy coverage at the time and suddenly oh they're doing sons of anarchy kind of on impact i'm wondering like what was that what, like being in that whole weird thing as it just kind of got it started very small and then got gigantic just in terms of even people involved yeah, like it's like a lot of things that have kind of <laughs> been throughout my career. I thought that there could have been a lot more done with it. Like there was like kind of a beginning, kind of a middle and no real end. It just kind of like certain people leave the company and then they just kind of it was over. Um, on my end, I, I enjoyed doing it. And a lot of times like we would show up and that once it was rolling and it was like you guys are just doing pre-tapes in your clubhouse and they want you to drink real beer. I'm like wait, so we don't have to do a match and we just sit around and drink all day? And I get to do this with Mike Knox and D'Lo and Devon? Like, hell right. yes. Perfect. So it was, it was a lot of fun. I think creatively, uh, I had a one-year deal there with an option and right. there was different, uh, different management team in place. So we didn't come together on the, the, second, um, the second year, but they had some cool plans for me to uh, turn mm-hmm. babyface and kind of have a, a cool uh, singles little shove uh, coming out of it. But Obviously, that never came to fruition, but I, I thought we looked cool. The vests were cool, and I, I watched all Sons of Anarchy too. So it was it was a cool little gimmick. And before it, I did uh, I worked for Jeff Jarrett in India as like a TNA spinoff, and I hmm. basically rode the motorcycle to the ring and did the whole deal. So I'd already been kind of doing it over there. So I, yeah, I had fun with it. I I do appreciate that. Like you're you're because uh, you left you left the company, so they had. The the way they wrote you out was was so simple. I was like, he's just really mad that Ken Anderson got voted vice president. So he's what just was the, what was the write out? 
Ken, uh, Ken Anderson was voted VP of the club, and it pissed him off, so he left. Did you get uh, up and storm out? Mad. Just got mad and ran away. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's better than putting a pumpkin on your head and going through a table, right? Well, that it is. That it is. <laughs> but yeah, I just that 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 is such a that it that is one of those storylines, the the sorts of things that we like to come, that we talk about here, where it's just like. There are things in wrestling that you can't believe they happened, and then you watch them happen over long periods of time. You're like, this is, I'm so glad this is on television right now. I still want to know who was driving the white Hummer when I was a senior in high school. No one ever told me. I've still been wondering about that. Oh, we, Matt and I were talking about like unsolved wrestling mysteries earlier today. Like, they've still technically never actually revealed who is behind GTV, I don't think. See, this is talking Chopamania stuff. You guys got <laughs> I, can, I I cannot wait for the I cannot wait. Uh, so when's talk a shop talk, talk and shop a mania? Uh, when can we access that? I think you can pre buy it right now. But like I yes. said, it's available um, American and Canadian pay per view networks. It's available on Fight. If you purchase on Fight, you can watch whenever you want. But uh, August first, nine p.m. Eastern, Talk and Shop a Mania. Come on in and join us for the fun. Live tweet it. Whether you like it, you hate it, we want to hear all about it. <laughs> Fourteen ninety nine, baby. And seriously, if you need to be convinced, just go look at the trailer. There's a there's yeah. a long list of people that are on this thing that you'd be like, it's very surprising. There's a better trailer dropping here pretty soon too. So yeah, we have a really cool trailer that's going to actually, I think, be on television here real soon. Um, <laughs> but I think you guys will get a kick out of it, and and you two especially doing this podcast with the WCW thing. Uh, message me or tweet and tell me if you. Uh, the cameo that I'm talking about, the very rare cameo. I'm really proud of this one. Not a lot of people are going to get, it, but I think you guys will. Now I'm excited. I have so many names going through my head. Uh, I don't want to say them. I'd rather wait. Uh, right. I mean, Gallows' house was pretty cool. There was a lot of like, like we're fans of wrestling. It was cool to see some of those people there. Like I never just met Chavo it. Guerrero before. It was cool to see Chavo Guerrero just hanging out. And then like, you know, the rock and roll express. I just blow a cameo. Well, they're there. <laughs> Rock and Roll Express doesn't matter, right? Rock and Roll Express is there, and they're just hanging out, and they're literally just hanging out all day. There's and there's there's just a ton of just a ton of cool, you know, really cool cameos. Just fun. Um, Nothing so was stressful, man. Like it just was a good time. I think being out of the stressful environment we just got out of these last four years, it just was fun to just get. I mean, it was stressful trying to run the whole thing with it because you actually had to have a real production crew, like we said, like. It's yeah. really weird and having to run like Corey. We, I think when Gallows booked this pay per view, I don't think he realized that we actually had the all the things we had to actually do. No, no, I didn't think about it. Well, remember the production guy too? He's like, well, maybe the next one, if we do it live, we can do this. We're going, brother, let's let's just get this through this first. <laughs> well, it's probably refreshing too. I mean, considering that uh, wrestling right now, you know, through the pandemic is very serious and just getting to do something so off key and just silly and fun and just be yourselves, I guess, more than anything else. hundred percent. It was yeah. a creative like Liberty that we needed coming out of what we had been doing. It was such a brush breath of fresh air. So no matter what, whether it's a smashing success or not, which I think it will do well, I, we needed to do it either way. So, and it'll live forever somewhere, I'm sure, because we're too carny not to have it always available. Yeah. <laughs> with, with the amount of pre-buys, we already feel successful. So. Yeah. <laughs> kind of looking at back at where you guys um together started at at new japan um is that something you guys would ever be interested in going back to or kind of cameoing at or showing up especially with bullet club still existing 
Yeah, for sure. We, we've, we've already, we got a, a, there's a deal in place and we're going to, it's, we're going, it's yeah. When, when the time, when the time is right, we'll probably do a nice surprise thing somewhere. What would you say um, for both of you is your favorite memory from working in bullet club at new Japan, man. I know there's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. There's, there's so many. I mean, I, I remember the first night we formed, I always thought that was cool in Fukuoka. Um, when the Young Bucks came in, Gallows came in, but probably the most memorable when I think about it right now would have been maybe AJ Styles' first uh, championship win in Fukuoka also. I think we went back down there maybe the year, was it a year after we'd formed? I think the very next year, I think AJ debuted in April of 14, and then I think he won the title the very next month. And it was just, that's when I, you know, I started to realize like we were really, we had some steam before, and then that felt like we started getting a lot of steam. You know, and then started getting finally getting some of the Japanese wrestling, you know, respect that we knew we deserved. And then Bullet Club just kind of went into quote unquote like wrestling mainstream, you know. It it, it is it is very it's it's wild that this thing that started as just you group of guys in Japan became a thing where you could go to the store here in America and buy the merchandise. Right. I know. And then this thing and bringing this stupid thing back, like <laughs> that was just something we did on the, on the tour bus, just cause it's just, we're just whatever. And then, you know, and the young bucks were doing it too. Cause we're all part of the same click and then we do it. And then it kind of, and as there's a whole generation of people that don't even know who started this thing, you know, yeah. just look at it and think of it as the bullet club started that. Um, like my kids don't know anything about the other people started and my nephews, they don't know anything about the NWO or, or DX or Hunter or any of that. They, they think the Bullet Club started it, and, not, and I'm not going to tell them differently anymore. <laughs> well, you can teach them about like copyrights and cease and desists and all the other things that have come. Yeah, all that it. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't ever take that away because that's, no. well, it's ours. We made it. We that's right. It. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so uh, swinging back to Impact um, with the tag team division there and the tag tails just changing hands, um, who are you guys looking forward to working with there because it's a whole new slate of people you've i don't think either you've really worked too much with no, no we have, i think motor city machine guns is a definite dream match uh i think that people are going to really get into that we're excited to work with those guys too and then uh you know you get the north and then there, there's a lot of young teams over there that are up and coming the rascals and stuff like that so uh there's a big opportunity for us and these are new matchups that you haven't seen before so it's very exciting for us and i think that you know as we've been discussing in some other interviews um there's a big opportunity for us to step out of single stars here too which we plan on doing as well we'll always you know kind of ride together but there's a different layer that like you know a lot of people didn't see carl in those big G1 matches before I showed up and stuff over in Japan because there was no streaming service. And I think for me, there's, there's definitely a layer to me that no one's ever seen, especially on American television before. So it's really exciting all the way around. As Gallows walks around his property that where the boner yard was shot. (laughs) (laughs) Exclusive access guys. No no one's listening to me at all right now. as I'm trying to do an interview and take him to practice, but here's a look, here's a little look for you. Whoa! Oh, wow, that that is a that is a, a nice hearse with Chad Two Bad stickers on it. You should have and you should have heard him trying to get trying to get insurance on that. The guy's going. So you're gonna tr- transfer bodies in this hearse or? Yeah, I, I just had I just had this grave removed from my property yesterday. Oh my god! Massive pile of dirt in front of my house. But. Well, I, I just wanted to run back down. It talking Chopper Mania is July 31st. 
August first. August first. Aug- uh, my apologies. August first on pay per view and internet pay per view. Fight TV. Uh, Impact is every Tuesday night, eight p.m. on Access TV. Excellent. Fantastic. Thank you guys so much. Hey, yeah. thanks for having us, man. So, in conclusion, talking Shopamania, August first on uh, pay per view platforms, internet pay per view. I have uh, it loaded up on fight. I had it sitting here mm-hmm. and like, I think I'm going to get it the day after. Cause it's only, it's 15 bucks, 1499. Oh, I'm getting the show. Absolutely. It Cause I like, like a the trailers are bonkers and it has Chad too bad and sex Ferguson. And they mentioned the boner yard match. Yes. And immediately when they said boner yard, I'm like, Oh, I'm buying this. That's funny. Yep. Yeah. So check out talking Shopamania on pay-per-view on August 1st. The good brothers are on impact wrestling every Tuesday night. Uh, thank you so much to them for taking the time to chat with us because that was fun. And finally, someone talked to me about aces and eights. Yeah. I mean, that's all that this, this, this podcast is all about how do we get uh, to talk about the things we love with people that were involved. I'm still waiting for Charles Wright to come on the show to talk to me about Papa Shango. It's honestly the worst kind of wish fulfillment because it's wish it fulfillment. Is. And someone's like, yeah, what was your wish? I was like, I'd like to talk about the weird biker club angle from TNA. in like, <laughs> like 2012. And people were like, can why? And I'm like, I don't know, man. Can I get uh, Shane Helms to come on to talk about three count for an hour? Matt, that we're, if you don't like, we're, that's going to we're happen. Go, we're going to end up doing that. Yeah, that's uh, that's one hundred percent going to. Happen. I don't know if we can get Charles Wright on the show because I think I don't he's think bouncer, he's involved uh, in re- involved in wrestling anymore. No, he's just uh, you know he's doing his thing out in Vegas. He's also no, a WWE he's not a bouncer. Of- I was gonna say he's not a bouncer. Disco Inferno is a bouncer. He owns like Godfather owns like a strip club, I believe. Can you imagine getting bounced from a nightclub by Disco Inferno? It might be like. That might be a bucket list item. We can work on <laughs> more wish fulfillment coming through. Um, no, yeah. Thank you to the good brothers. They were great. Uh, I, I just, I loved them. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Um, but now that we've asked a bunch of uh, a bunch, we've asked two wrestlers, some questions. How about you guys out there ask two guys who are not athletic, some questions. Matt, I go running several times a week. You do. Or you're much more athletic than I am. I just I'm, play I'm, I'm 100% not. I'm 100% you not. Probably but I'm, are. You probably but I'm, are. But I'm trying. I'm putting in the effort. All right. We got the mailbag. We got questions from listeners. Uh, first question comes from a young man named Fancy Boy Brandon. Brandon Andreasen. Dreasen. Okay. He wants to know who's the most underappreciated wrestler of their era and... Why was it Bam Bam Bigelow? To which uh, I say, was Bam Bam Bigelow underrated? Underappreciated, he said. Underappreciated. Okay. I yeah. Okay. I could see. I could see. Make a case for Bam Bam Bigelow. Absolutely. He's I'd not also the say, one I would name. I would also say, uh, man. I'd say in America, Vader might be one of them. I mean, I think in J- in Japan, he got like his his you know his dues, but I don't think he got that in America. But I, I was a kid, you know. I would agree with you. I like the thing I remember Vader from most is being on Boy Meets World. That's the first thing I go to as well as Boy Meets World. Um, but uh, my my number one is actually Canyon, Chris Canyon. Oh Chris, hell Chris, yes, Chris Mortis. Can- oh my god, Mor- 
Mortis, who better than Canyon, positively Canyon. Mm-hmm. Like Chris Canyon was so great in the ring. And when he fa- and like he would commit to his characters. And man, I would have loved to see that dude get to sort of a a world champion spot within the business eventually. Unfortunately, we did not get that. But yeah, Chris Canyon is someone that I like. I wish more people would go back and revisit because he was I feel so like I, good. Yeah, like I, as, for his time, I feel like he um, was ahead of his time, you know, mm-hmm. at least 10 years. Absolutely. Uh, so I would I agree with that. Um, and then Vader for being on Boy Meets World. <laughs> I'd say Bam Bam Bigelow, I feel is I feel like he's appreciated appropriately. For his I, t- so me growing up as a kid, I only knew of Bam Bam from WWF. I didn't realize that like he had a whole ECW thing. I didn't realize that like Bam Bam was big outside mm-hmm. of sort of WWF. he was everywhere he really was and he had, and he was he had such a cool look he had the tattooed head the flame jumpsuit he would do the salt the moon salt off the top rope. like bam bam was cool yeah yeah uh so yeah that we agree with you on bam bam bigelow but we also have some underrated wrestlers i like canyon matt likes vader i so like boy you. meets world Love Boy Meets World. Mick Foley was also on Boy Meets World. Yes, yeah, wasn't the Rock. Was the Rock on it too? No, no, just no. okay. The Rock. Oh, that's pre TV, brother. Saturday Night Live. Uh, that seventy ballers. Show. He played his. He played his dad on that seventies show. Yeah. Uh, Lord Pumpernickel, uh, regular submitter of questions. Lord Pumpernickel. Wonder why? Give us some <laughs> wrestling conspiracy theories <laughs> or mysteries. Here's what I'll say. Uh, as Matt said in on Twitter in reply to this question, that's not a question. That's a segment. We like this has given us the idea to do unsolved wrestling mysteries as a show segment. So be on the lookout for that because there are so many. Um, but I would say some of my favorite mysteries are who killed Vince McMahon any of the times he's been killed on screen because yep. it's happened more than once. Uh, I know Matt's going to say gold dust, but I want to know. I want WWE to out and out say who is behind GTV. Finally. I want to know who's behind the Twitter handle Lord Pumpernickel. Uh, the answer oh, is Chris. Okay. It's Chris asking the show questions. I have my I have two Twitter accounts already, Matt. <laughs> I have Chris Hayner and Bizarro Hayner. I don't know what else I need. Um, Do you have do you have any pro, sort of like long, long time pro wrestling mis- unsolved mysteries that come to mind for you? I mean, I the GTV is always the first one that comes up, even though we know the answer. I would also say, I, I think I brought up uh, Vince McMahon's limo who blew that up. I would love to see that finished. Um, I had a whole list up of things that I was like, Oh man, I'm going to talk about these. And then I'll say this never the good, did. The good brothers brought one up uh, in our interview. Who was driving the white Hummer in WCW during the Billy Kidman Hulk Hogan feud? Oh Yeah. Like, we never found out the answer to that. I'd like to know. So, yeah, uh, expect a lot more Unsolved Wrestling Mysteries here soon, because yeah, if there's that's, anything... It's going to be a segment. Yeah, if there's anything Matt and I love, it's spending a lot of time talking about weird wrestling stuff. Yeah. Uh, last question of the day comes from the GameSpot Discord. It comes from Raimi Spidey Trilogy for Life, uh, who wants to know what our favorite vignettes of all time are. Uh, this person specifically notes the early New Day stuff where they were like a church choir kind of situation. Um, so, Matt, I will note I, that we had to no. Google vignette 
at the beginning before we started filming this shooting yes. taping recording this episode because we couldn't figure out what we, what they were exactly we just I, we had an idea segment. well I, we had an idea that was introducing the wrestler but also do some segments count as vignettes because <laughs> yes. i was really pushing for million dollar man making the million dollar belt as a vignette <laughs> yes uh what we decided was that was not what it was no uh but matt Hit me with some of your favorite vignettes. Well, before I looked anything up, um, just to kind of get a refresher, I immediately went to Razor Ramon. Mm-hmm. His ones out in Miami, quote unquote, where Scott Hall is trying to uh, do some sort of accent before he really nailed down the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, or a woman. He's hey, yo, Chico. Out. Yeah. Hey, yo. You know, he's just in a vest with a gold chain on and no shirt. And a woman comes up to him at a restaurant. And he's like, no, we just had fun last night. Get out of here. And then he looks at the camera. He goes, chicas are for fun. And I'm like, oh, that's horrible. But also kind of weird and funny at the same time. Like, yeah, uh, it's it, to me. It's like, oh, this is a he calls himself the bad guy. He is a bad guy. Um, I don't know if they were trying to like rewatching those. Like, were they trying to make him a face character? Was it always like. It was such a, a weird, ambiguous, air, gray area with him when I rewatched those vignettes. But that'd be my number one is just Razor Ramon because that's the one I remember the most. Uh, my number one is actually wildly different, um, and it is uh, Sean O'Hare post post invasion WCW invasion of WWF. Sean O'Hare was sort of repackaged as a guy who's like telling it like it is. He's yes. like. He had like they would give him these promos where he's just standing in front of a white background talking about like, why would you bother going to church? Doesn't God forgive you? So like, why even go? If God is everywhere, why do you have to go to his house on Sunday? Like stuff like that. And like he had several of these. that had so he had one about like religion, one about drugs, one about like cheating on your wife. Like just the one you showed me. Well, it's not the one you showed me. It's the one I found. Yeah, I, I did like, not wow. show you the cheating on your wife one. But yes, it like yeah, Chris, I'm not going to cheat on my wife. Come on. I don't want you to. Your wife After is lovely. dark. Um, and at the very end of each one, he says, I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know, because he's just saying our innermost thoughts. He's That's just not my innermost thoughts. at He's all. just he's just <laughs> reflecting upon you what you're truly feeling and thinking, which I think is shocking. Um, And I was like, I remember when these first started playing and I was flabbergasted. I didn't know what was going on. I was like, I can't wait to see how this is portrayed on television, like as an actual wrestling character. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't. Instead, Sean O'Hare was just brought back to be Rowdy Roddy Piper's sidekick uh, in a feud against Mr. America, Hulk Hogan. And Hulk Hogan's tag team partner, Zach Gowan, the the wrestler, the one leg. With one leg. Yeah. Um, it was so, like, oh man, they had they had such a really cool, really intriguing character that they built, and then they just tossed it because I guess they couldn't figure out how to package it as an actual wrestling character. Well, speaking of not knowing how to package things and then doing it anyway, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> I loved the Shining Stars before mm. they like because they were just like. I felt like they were doing a me a timeshare. And I remember like tweeting about it a lot when they first came out, like, Oh God, like these guys are just like selling timeshares in Puerto Rico. This is the best. And their vignettes were like them in Puerto Rico talking about how great Puerto Rico is. And, but, but for some reason they're heels. <laughs> I think I could never put a finger on this one either. I still don't, I still don't understand it really. 
Well, they're, they're, they're travel agents that want to beat you up in the ring because you won't visit their wonderful, wonderful territory of the United States. Well, to be fair, we are disgusting. Mm-hmm. And actually, as someone who's been to Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico is beautiful and wonderful. I've never been to Puerto Rico. I'd like to go. It's great. I loved it. I mean, I was only there for like a day, but I still loved it. Um, The last one I want to bring up. Mm-hmm. This is actually dipping back in time. Something I didn't think about. Is, is it we seven? Are you going to bring up seven? No, God, no. I'm also <laughs> not going to bring up Mordecai. I'm also not going to bring up Kevin Thorne or Robocop or any of those things. Okay. Uh, yes. No. Um, Way back in the day, Chris Jericho and Lance Storm were a tag team in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. They were the thrill seekers. Yes. And there was, they, they, like, there was this this series of vignettes were just like the thrill seekers are going to rock around America. And it's like, they're doing go karts and like they're hanging out at the County fair. or Like they're roller skating. They're, like I'm looking at one right now. Like they're standing next to a giant chicken statue. It's so du- like, like the thrill seekers, they're supposed to be like this cutting edge. Like they're adventurous and extreme and blah, blah, blah. And like, the answer is like they're riding go-karts and like they're getting turned down by chicks and like it's so silly, but it's so much fun to watch. Uh, and I don't like I don't know how well those characters did. Nobody ever heard of either of those guys ever again. No, but, you know, it was fun for what it was at the time. Way to go, Jim Cornette, I guess. Hey, you did it. You did it. That's the mailbag. You sound exhausted, Matt. Yeah, it's it's eleven thirty. It's eleven thirty. Um, I'm usually in bed around ten thirty. <laughs> You're an old man. Well, I got a baby. Well, he's not even a baby anymore. I can't even call him a baby. You don't have a baby. He's like almost three. He's seventeen years old for crying out loud. I've been on this podcast forever. That was so loud. No, not really. Oh boy. Hey Matt. Hope, yeah. Do I hear that? Yeah, hey, that's the end of the show. What do you know? <laughs> Have a little energy, buddy. We had a great episode tonight. We did. Let me let me let me really just bring in that energy. Let me turn the music off for a second. Okay. Let's restart it. Well, guys, we had a great time today. Great episode. And Chris, you can hear that. That's the end of the music. Oh wow. It does. It sounds a lot like the beginning music. It's the same thing, but this time it plays a little bit longer. Oh. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called. Uh, you can find us on the social media. We are at Russell Buddies all over the place. Mm-hmm. I am at Chris Hayner. He is at I'm Matt Elfring. I am M A T E L F R I N G. Yep. Yep. After dark. Uh, we'll be we'll be back next week. Oh, what an episode! We did it. Bye. Yeah, I'm really f- I'm tired. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs>